0: So good to see everybody. Can we just give it up for the praise team this morning? Wow. This is just a little taste of what I know God's doing in this church in worship and I'm just so excited, amen. Miracles are happening and I'm just, I love it. I just love it so much. So I'm just so glad all of you are here and I know you came expecting from God this morning and I'm going to do probably a two-week possibly on this topic today and I'm going to be talking about the power of God that's on the inside of you. And you know, I've been talking about since the first of the year that it's the year of miracles, amen. And it certainly didn't doesn't didn't look like miracles. We, we didn't know how this world was going to turn out in 2020, and it's so chaotic, but how many know God knows, right? God knows, and God knows that miracles are still happening because God is still alive, and even just this morning to see these beautiful miracles take place inside people's heart is, is just everything, amen, and so I want to just encourage you this morning and, and remind you of the power of God that lives on the inside of you, because when you really tap into this power of the Holy Spirit is where you'll begin to see the miracles in your life. And I love having them here at the church, and this is awesome, and we're going to do this a lot. Um, some of our services probably just will be breakthrough miracle services, and that's okay with me, amen. That's just, that's what we want. Um, but I also want to empower you when you leave, Faith Builders, that that power is still with you, amen. And that it's, it can be manifested in your families. Um, it can be manifested in your own home with your children and with your spouses. And so let's, let's just let me encourage you this morning, amen. So my title is called The Power of God that is within you and i want you to remember that as christ followers you've been clothed with tremendous power of the holy spirit when you are born again, you are filled with the Holy Spirit when you ask Jesus into your heart. And then when you're baptized with the evidence of speaking in tongues, it's like taking a full glass of water and pouring a pitch of water in that full glass. What happens? It overflows. So you already have the Holy Spirit when you have Jesus, but that baptism is that, uh, that next thing that just overflows, and then we begin to touch everyone around us. So you've got that tremendous power. Say, I got the power. I got the power. Is that your favorite song? Is that the one you dance to? No, Elder Mac, we're going to do this one day. We're just going to play it in church and watch. You'll have the joy of the Lord hit you by watching. You got it on your phone? I might just do it next week. But... Anyway, you've got the power of God, amen, because of what Jesus did on the cross, you have been given the same authority that Jesus walked here on earth, amen, and because you have that authority, you don't have to tolerate anything in your life, anything, It it can be discouragement. It can be depression. It could be somebody talking against you, whatever it is. But you don't have to tolerate it because you got the authority. If you're a parent in this place, you understand the authority you carry with your children. Amen? And they will test that authority. And what are we going to do? We're going to put them right back in check, right? Because we're going to let them know who is in charge. And that's what we have to begin to do against the enemy of our soul. Because if there's ever been a time where the enemy is fighting so hard against believers, it's right now. Challenging us that we're not good enough, that we can't feel the presence of God, that, you know, we've been eliminated from whatever God wants to do. And those are all lies because you've got that power and that authority that was given by Jesus Christ. And I think it's time for the church to say enough is enough. Amen. It's time to put that enemy back under our feet. It's time to get our joy back the Lord and I'm not talking about a joy when we do an event like we had the women's craft night that was so much fun and we laughed and there was so much going on this weekend and that's awesome but I'm talking about an internal joy of the Holy Spirit where you wake up in the morning and you're really the sun is shining and you wake up and you got this anticipation that God's about to do something great that's the kind of joy that God wants to give back to his church because the world is trying to strip that joy away. And the enemy is trying to strip that joy away, but we're not going to let that happen, amen. So let's get into the word. My number one point this morning is this. You have to have faith in God's word that empowers you. Faith in God's word that empowers you. So when you get the word of God on the situation, that is is what activates the power of God to move through you, amen. So let's open up to Matthew 14, and I'm going to break a little bit of um, this story apart this morning, but Matthew 14, and we probably have all read this story before, but I want to bring a new viewpoint on it. And Matthew 4, verse 22, we're going to start there, and it says this, excuse me, Matthew 14. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him into the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Now, what I want you to see in this part of the story, just before the disciples were going to be put on this boat, the, the feeding of the 5,000 miracle happened. And what I want you to see here, and you can identify in your Christian walk with God, that maybe you had a time in your life where God really showed up and showed out. Like there was a miracle. There was this time where you really felt God, and, and God began to do so many great things in your life. And all of a sudden, you find yourself that uh, you feel like you're away from God. And that's where the disciples were. They had just had this miracle. And now look in verse 22. Jesus said, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. And that word made there means he constrained them and he strongly urged them. And I think we're living in a a season of the church that the Holy Spirit has us constrained. He has his hand on us because he's trying to bring us from one place to the next place where the next miracle is. And we saw God in this moment, and that was awesome. But God's like, but I'm not really there anymore. I'm bringing you to the new place of faith and a new place of miracle. But it's going to be a season where I'm going to send you before me. That's what Jesus did. And all of a sudden we find ourselves in a boat, and we don't know where Jesus is at. Jesus called us on this walk of faith. Jesus called us to trust him and we obeyed him. We're allowing the restraints that's being held captive by the Holy Spirit. There's been many times in my walk with God where I wanted to cast off restraints. I didn't like what God was doing in my life. I didn't like the new wineskins. I wanted to feel comfortable. But we are living in a season in the kingdom of God where God doesn't want us to be comfortable. He has new wineskins on. And we need to quit wrestling with God and allow the process of God to take place because it's in the dark seasons where we don't feel God and we don't sense God is where he's growing our faith. Faith doesn't grow in the mountaintop. Faith grows in the valley where I don't even know where God is at. And that's where the disciples were. God was trying to show him what's inside of you. I want you to identify it so I can get you to the next place of your miracle, amen. I don't want to settle in the miracles of my past anymore. I want to see the new miracles that God has, amen. I want to see the exceedingly abundantly above all God could think, dream, or imagine for my life. So he said immediately Jesus made them get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So what is that? God's calling you to walk by faith. He's saying, get in the boat. You're going to trust me. You may not see me when you think you're going to see me, but I'm going to be there. In verse 23, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening had come, he was alone there. That word pray there means he's making a vow to God. And we don't know exactly what Jesus was praying in this scripture verse, but what we do know the Bible says that when Jesus died and resurrected to the right hand of God the Father, the Bible says that he's making intercessions for the saints. So listen, in your season where maybe the boat's rocking a little bit and maybe you don't really feel the presence of God and maybe you're just in this faith place and you don't know what God is doing, you have to know that Jesus is making intercession for you. God has not forgotten you. God has not abandoned you. There's nowhere you can go from the presence of God. Amen. We cannot abandon God. God is right there with us. So even when we don't sense him, we have to trust him, that he is the advocate to God the Father on my behalf. Amen. So they went before him and Jesus made a vow. We don't know exactly what that vow was, but he was praying to God. Now verse 24, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the wave for the winds were contrary. You ever been in a season where everything looked opposite than what God said he's doing? Welcome to 2020. Yeah. Amen. Everything is contrary. It doesn't make sense. We don't know why the the nations and the world had to go through this. But God knows. And even in the middle of all of this confusion, Jesus is still sitting on the throne. He has all the answers. God's number one concern is the church. Let me just say that. He came for the bride. He laid his life down for the bride. Everything is about the kingdom of God. And let's not get that reversed, amen. God will take care of the world. God will take care of what goes on out there. All we have to do is be kingdom-minded and be about the Father's business. Let's not be distracted with what's going on in the world right now. It doesn't matter. If you're happy, you're sad, none of that matters. The only thing we're to be happy about is Jesus. Jesus is sitting on the throne. Jesus is releasing his Holy Spirit. There is a harvest that is about to be plucked by the kingdom of God. And we don't want to be busy looking at other things, rattling sabers. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus, amen. So things are contrary. It's opposite or or whatever it is. But Jesus is going to show up. So in verse 25, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. Now what I want you to see here is that the very thing that was troubling the disciples, that was overwhelming them and fearful, get this, Jesus, the word, was walking on him. Whatever it is you're facing in your life, whatever looks contrary, whatever looks like empty or maybe the promises haven't been fulfilled, you have to have faith in Jesus, the word that walks on everything that you're going through. The word doesn't sink in troubles. The word doesn't sink in contrary things. The word doesn't sink in disappointments. I do. I'll sink in those emotions all the time. But when you're standing on the word of God, the word is my sure foundation. Amen. We have to get our faith back in the word of God that will lead me to walk out on that same thing I was just afraid of. Right. So there's Jesus showing up, walking on those things that we're afraid of. Okay. Now verse 27. And what were the disciples? The disciples didn't recognize the word. Why? Because they were in fear. They were looking at everything around them that was shaking the boat instead of just keeping their eyes and trusting. Jesus sent them, and they had to trust that Jesus was going to show up on the other side. And that's where we have to be, right? But they didn't recognize him. But God's so full of grace and mercy, right? He's not trying to just just show up and then be disappointed because they didn't recognize him. But in verse 27, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, what did he say? Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. See, when you turn to the word, the power of God's word that's in you, the word will give you the joy and drive out fear. How can the Lord fill my mouth with laughter and my lips with shouts of praise when maybe somebody just got fired from your job or maybe your children are going through a struggle that you didn't anticipate or whatever it is. I can have my, la- my mouth filled with laughter because the word of God drives fear out of my heart. That means as Christ followers, I can walk in joy and hope and and I can let go of everything in my life and really have the joy of the Lord. Because I know God is completely in control of every situation. Amen. And if the enemy can keep you in fear, he can steal your faith. And he can keep us sitting in the middle of this rocking boat and never finding the hope and the answer that we need to get to the other side. And Jesus is that answer. So look at this, verse 28 says this, and Peter answered and said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me me to come to you on the water. Now what I want you to see here is Peter asked Jesus, do I have the authority that you have to walk out on that water? He asked permission. If it is you, God, can I do what you're doing? Can I walk by faith? Right? He asked for permission. And what did Jesus said to to him? And Jesus, and he said, come. See, what happens? Jesus authorized Peter to walk on the water. And what happened next? He said, yes, it's me, come. But what did Peter have to do? He accepted that authority. So in order for you, you have all the authority given to you. God's given you the ability to overcome everything according to the word of God, but you have to accept that authority. He could have said, okay, God, I know you said come, but I don't know, I changed my mind. (laughs) Kind of freaking out right now, why don't we have one of the other disciples do it? No, he said, I'm going to come. You told me I could come, Jesus. I'm going to trust you that I can walk on this water. And what did he do? He got out of the boat. And he walked water to Jesus and we focus so much on yeah well he sank but guess what he walked on the water he took the faith that he had in his heart and it may have not been a lot and we realized that God needed to stretch that faith a little bit but he still got out of the boat and he walked on his circumstance and his circumstances didn't have authority over him Jesus said I'm giving you authority Peter right God's saying to you today I've given you authority Don't let the emotions of anything in your life control you. I've given you authority. Jesus said, come. I'm coming, Jesus. I'm going to walk. I'm not going to let my joy be stolen. I'm not going to let relationships be taken away from me. I'm not going to look at anything in the natural. I'm going to keep looking unto Jesus. Amen. Receive the authority God gave you and use it. If there's anything I've seen in the kingdom, you know, I've been in ministry for 32 years. And it's a long time to see, you know, lots of Christians come into the kingdom of God. And if there's any area that I see Christians struggle with, is not their desire for the word, but the application of it. Because you have everything you need. You'll be shocked with what's inside of you. If you've been coming to Faith Builders a certain amount of time, you have a lot of word and faith on the inside of you. But you have to activate it in the moment when the enemy comes against you. Amen. So when you're going about the week and something just tries to knock your, you know, suck the life out of you, no, I have the authority given to me and I'm using that authority of the enemy and I'm going to say, get behind me in the name of Jesus. And if that's the only words you have, that's just enough. Just the name of Jesus, amen. Taking that authority in that moment when the boat is being rocked and exercising it and you're going to find out really how much you have on the inside of you. I remember when I first got saved and I went through evangelism training, I wanted, to, I wanted to go to the streets and street witness, so I went through this class called EE, e. and, and it was so exciting. And I was probably, I don't know, 19, maybe younger, and uh, I'm like, oh my God, I'm not going to pray for anybody. I don't have anything to say. I'm just going to kind of show up with everybody. And then I found myself playing, praying for this homeless woman on the side of the street, and I just started laying hands and praying for her, and I was shocked at what came out of my mouth. I did not know I knew that scripture verse that I prayed. I didn't know I knew how to say those words. And I had no idea that I could lead this homeless person to Jesus Christ, and I did. See, Jesus is saying, come, trust me with my power I've given you. But we have to step up and do the things that God's calling us to do. Amen. We've got to do the word of God. When it comes over your children, If there's listen, if there's chaos that comes into your house, recognize that spirit. If there's division and there's all this chaos and arguing, somebody better stop and say, you know what, we're going to exercise the authority of Jesus and you get out of my home now in Jesus' name. Confusion, division, strife, get out of my house in Jesus' name, amen. And you'll, you'll have that discernment, you'll recognize the season, you'll recognize the enemy and you'll drive him out of your house. Your children are struggling, you have authority over your children, can bind and loose and whatever it is that they need in their life. Thank you, Jesus. You have that authority that God gave you. I always said, you know, the first church is your home. You should be practicing on your family, amen. What do you got to lose, you know? You can build your faith by ministering to your family the word of God. And then you'll have more courage when you go out. So what happened? Jesus authorized Peter to walk on the water, but Peter accepted that authority. And so verse 25, or verse 29, and he said, come. And when Peter had come down to the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he had saw the winds and boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. In verse 31, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, ye of little faith, why do you doubt? Now, we can look at this as negative and think, boy, Peter, you know, he's, boy, he got called out by God, right? But really it wasn't about that. When, he, when Peter cried and his faith had just waned, Jesus immediately heard him and pulled him right back up. See, Jesus isn't going to leave you hanging because you stepped out by faith. You're taking new territory. Every place that you take and you step by faith, that's new ground, and you need to praise God. And there's going to be, and God's going to pull you up. And you know what he said? It wasn't that, oh, you have no faith. He said, no, you have underdeveloped faith. Your faith in your heart got you right here. But I know what God's going to do in you, Peter. I'm going to pull you up and put you back in a safe place, and you're going to develop more faith, and I'm going to get you to the next season, right, and the next season. And we saw Peter messed up all the time, but he ushered in the greatest revival the world has ever seen, right? Why? Because he trusted the power that God gave him by the authority of the Lord, amen? So let's look at another example uh, in um, uh, Matthew 10. Same point, trusting the word of God, but Matthew 10, verse 1, what authority did God give you? says this, and when he had called his 12 disciples to him. Now, I want to stop there for a minute because I want you to look at this word, disciple. Disciple is um, the word, it means to learn and to put forth effort. To learn and to put forth effort. And that means I'm not just hearing the word, like I said, but I'm doing the word. Amen. See, the word is... It works. The word is active. It's living. It's powerful. It's not inactive. But we have to do what Jesus already did for us. This isn't a magic potion that just because you have Jesus sits somewhere in your house works miracles. No, I have to take the authority that I've been given by the word and I have to do the word of God out of my mouth. Amen. So when he had called his 12 disciples together, he gave them power. There's the given Authority, it's not earned, it's not deserved, it's because of the cross, because of the power of God, your salvation experience, you were given power, amen, over unclean spirits to cast them out, you have authority to cast out demon spirits, and may not be the growling kind that's coming out of somebody, Because that may not be something your faith level or you even care to see. But it could be spirits that are being motivated in situations or on people. You have the ability to take that authority. So if you have a controlling boss or you've got manipulation going on or this chaos at your your job, you have been given the authority of God when you show up that all chaos has to cease in the name of Jesus. Because where I walk, the presence of God goes before me and peace has to follow. You can take authority over the atmosphere in your life. Isn't that incredible? He said, I gave you power, not deserved, I gave it over every unclean spirit to cast them out. Thank you, Jesus. And to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. You carry that power. Not just the pastors and elders who are up here. No, you carry that power. And it's your faith. My cousin, I've shared this story before. When he would pray for people, I use much words. I'm just a wordy person. My cousin Phil, when I would go to hospital ministries with him, um, he would just lay hands, and he'd be real quiet. He'd go, Jesus. I mean, he hardly used any words. I'm like, I can think of about 10 scripture verses that would sound real good right about now. And he would just, his faith, and that person would get healed. And he would hardly say a word. Why? Because we are just vessels of the power that's in me. It's not about, my, I, can, I can speak at 10 scriptures. That doesn't mean that's going to move the spirit of God in their life. Amen. It's the it's, Remember, it's the power that heals people. That heals diseases, that casts out demons. It's not about our emotions, it's about the power of God that lives inside of us. Thank God. All right, let's go to verse. I think I'm gonna go to verse, where am I at? Five. Go down just a little bit. These twelve, these twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter a city of the Samaritans. At this point, the evangelism and the power of God had went out to a certain degree. And what he's saying is don't just keep going to the places where people have already found God, right? Verse 6, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, What are we called to do? We're called to go to Phoenix, Arizona. We're called to go to Peoria and Glendale and and New River and wherever God wants to extend this church. It's time to go to the lost sheep of Israel. We can't just focus on the church and in in the house of God. This is our training center. This is where we get fired up and powered up with the word of God. But we've got to go to the lost that needs the power of God. Amen that needs that demonstration, and God wants to use you. Verse 7, and as you go, what do I do? I preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's power in your testimony. Verse 8, and what am I power to do? Heal the sick, cleanse the leopard, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, it's time to freely give. Amen. And you have to know it's the power of God that lives on the inside of you. Thank you, Jesus. All right, second thing. I want to look at Matthew. No, I looked at Matthew 10, the power of God. Okay, let's go over really quick um, to um, Hebrews 13, 8. And what I want you to understand this morning is God's power is constant and consistent. And he's not a respecter of persons. This isn't just a message of 2,000 years ago and it was great in this story. No, the God is consistent in what he does. And he's not a respecter of persons and who he uses. It's people who say, I am available. I am available, God. I don't know much, but here I am. And I will do my best to do something for you. And Hebrews 13.8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The power of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You've got that working power of God on the inside of your life. Amen. Let me see, how much time do I have? Do I have no time left? Oh, you guys are going to miss a good part. I'll I'll come to it next week. How's that? I'll revisit this. I want to show you the process of the power of God and how we make that happen. But I definitely don't want to rush it. Amen. How many received something this morning? Some good nuggets of truth. Doesn't take much, does it? We just need something that brings life to us. So, Father God, I thank you this morning for this incredible church. I thank you, God, for the freedom and what you're doing in this house, Lord God. Have your way. God, send them home today with so much peace. God, so much of your presence today. And let them hear that unctioning of the Holy Spirit in their life, God. And if you're here this morning and you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, right now is the opportunity to do that. And maybe you just need to make things afresh. Maybe you've been away or maybe there's some things that's been troubling you and this is the time you're going to say, Lord, I'm going to exercise my power. I'm going to receive by faith what you have for me. Whatever it is today, I want you just to say this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my life. Be my Lord. Be the Lord of my life. I surrender everything to you. I receive the delegated authority that you gave me and I will exercise it in my life in Jesus name amen and amen let's just give the Lord a praise this morning I'm so thankful for what he's done and what he's doing I'm going to ask Mr. Mike Fox our missionary do you have a microphone let's welcome him up this morning he's going to close out our service